Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mike describes himself as a stubborn optimist and a former fighter pilot turned serial sustainability entrepreneur who built two award-winning companies in the climate space. So today's going to be really interesting about carbon, carbon accounting, uh, carbon neutral, and what this means for business owners. It's really on the cutting edge if you're thinking about electrical vehicles, um, uh, ESG, and all of that. So uh, welcome, Mike, to the show. Welcome. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, I'm really happy to have you on. Um, really, you know, most people don't really understand, you know, carbon accounting, but they can understand that, you know, we're facing tornadoes and hurricanes and floods and, you know, climate change. So uh, tell us more about yourself and how you got started and we'll go from there. Great. Uh, so the name is Mike Smith, as you've already mentioned, I'm the CEO of a company called Acclimate. Uh, I grew up in Boise, Idaho. And when I was a kid, I experienced a wildfire. Uh, that put up a mushroom cloud. It was just really memorable to me as a child. And everybody told me to grow back. And so I said, what do I know? Great. I'm a kid. Uh, I joined the Navy, saw the world. I was an F-18 pilot in the U.S. Navy for about 12 and a half years active duty, which was just a real, real fun way to spend your 20s. And uh, in 2010, I got married. In 2011, I brought my wife to Idaho to kind of show where I'd grown up. And we went by the scar of that fire and it wasn't coming back. And it just got under my skin to the point where I decided to leave what a lot of people kind of consider to be a dream career to get out and to go find meaning with my life. Mm. Um, and so I left the Navy and uh, about as soon as I could, about uh, 2014. And I started my first company called Renew West, which was about uh, leveraging carbon markets for post-fire reforestation. Mm. Um, it was kind of a tough time to get into a carbon market company, but I felt very committed to the fundamentals and developed some expertise. I was a, an advisor to the US Climate Alliance, for example, um, mm. and big claim to fame at Renew West, uh, was the uh, the largest carbon-focused reforestation project in U.S. history. We planted 2 million trees in Northern California, and I'm just as as proud as can be of that. Mm-hmm. Renew West is doing great. It's off to the races. But uh, uh, I started a second company initially internal to Renew West and then spun it out in 2021 uh, called Acclimate. Um, and Acclimate is climate management software for small businesses. Uh, we help them, you know, small to medium-sized businesses, figure out what their footprint is, reduce it when it makes uh, where it makes sense, offset it when it does make sense for that, and then uh, report that work to the people um, that care about it, employees, investors, uh, and other stakeholders. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Acclimate's been doing great. We, uh, we've gone through uh, a well-regarded ex- business accelerator called Techstars, and now we're out you know, helping people with their uh, with their problems. So that's a bit of my background. 
Uh, most of my hobbies beyond that just involve uh, being a dad. So uh, happy, uh, happily married father of two, uh, two great kids. And my wife and I really enjoy spending time with them. Yeah, that's a very interesting story. Uh, you know, I know, especially after the COVID pandemic, a lot of countries started really focusing on climate change. And so tell us more, what is, for example, what is carbon accounting and why is it so important for businesses? Sure. Um, so everybody has an impact upon the uh, the environment. And uh, we tend to think that we know what our, our major factors are, but we generally make uh, poor guesses. And so, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a data guy. I was trained as an engineer. And so providing people the data in an unapproachable and easy way is, is, is what uh, carbon accounting is. We measure where your footprint is in a way without you having to become an expert. Um, and so that uncovers some pretty interesting things. You know, you'll find people that like uh, some of our customers have like really wanted to like lean into sustainability. And so they have like whole green teams of employees that are uh, like really focused on a recycling program. And they think that that's, you know, how they're going to really make an impact on the climate. And it turns out that it's, uh, it may be a lot of flying associated with one of their executives. Or we have another company that essential to their business model is they fly people in from international locations to do like on-site training. And they thought there was like just nothing they could do about their footprint. And they came to realize that actually uh, a big part of like what they were doing on the climate was associated with a couple of their employees that were commuting via pickup 40 miles each direction. And um, so there's a lot of assumptions that we make when we don't like, you know, lean into the data. And so how do we make the data accessible and approachable is, is what carbon accounting is all about, uh, especially for the small business, small to medium sized business owner. Yeah. Um, and then why your business should care is um, maybe it's part of your ethos. Uh, but beyond, uh, you know, why you personally should care um, is, is it's good for your business. Generally, uh, reducing carbon emissions also indicates uh, where you have business inefficiencies. Um, you're probably spending too much on your electric bill, for example. Or you may be having somebody that's flying just a little too much and you can save some money that way. But even beyond kind of the bottom line stuff, um, you're going to have to here um, increasingly. If you want to sell to the climate generation, millennials and Gen Z that really care about this stuff or employ any of them, they're going to, they're starting to demand this kind of work. Um, and it's a way for you to start to really break out from your competitors um, in that regard. Um, if you are part of a supply chain for a large public company in any way, shape or form, that reporting is going to be required. If you're raising investment, increasingly investors are going to require this accounting. Um, it's, it's just part of the the business. And so we like to think of acclimate as like, get on, get on the bus or get run over. Like it's, it's, you might as well get ahead of the trend. Yeah. Uh, and what's, but what's interesting is that there's so much um, misinformation out there, and especially because um, I know for a long time the um, the oil companies were saying that um, climate change, global warming is you know it's a fad, just like the just like the tobacco companies back then said smoking doesn't cause um, cancer, and then uh, then Al Gore came out with this movie, which you know really exposed the truth. Um, so uh, what what is um, in terms of uh, politics and policy, what what is being done on that front? Yeah, it's funny that um, and it's great that as a physician, you go to uh, the cigarettes cause cancer. I use that all the time as my kind of, you know, we all grew up. We knew it was all junk science. There was a bunch of people that just kind of believed the lies and were willing to kind of go with it because they, you know, were resistant to change. And then we had a whole generation of people that changed and got tired of their grandmother dying of cancer for dumb reasons. 
and they were just got sick of the lies, right? And so I, you're seeing a lot of that in the climate space too, right? <clears throat> Which is is that there's this rising demographic shift um, of people that have just grown up their entire lives knowing about climate change and just getting sick of the lies. And that's having some really profound effects. And so, you know, when I first started at Renew West, like climate was like an eighth or ninth or maybe 10th level issue for people. Like it was like something they kind of cared about, but if they didn't vote, like they had like priority issues. You have climate voters now, uh, people that like this is their number one priority and it's not a small percentage of the population. And so that's changing. One of the places like politically that you see changes, uh, like Pew Research uh, did a survey of, of people around climate. And um, in our highly, you know, bifurcated political environment, uh, the one place where Republicans and Democrats start to agree is amongst younger Republicans and Democrats care about climate, both care about climate. And it's the difference between younger and older Republicans. Um, and you're starting to see that shift. How they want to engage with it's a little bit different, but they're not denying its existence any longer. And so just like the smoking causes cancer thing, in the span of a, of a couple of years, things have rapidly shifted. You know, when I was, pardon me, when I was a young uh, person, like, you, you know, you could still smoke in restaurants and there was still occasionally an airplane you could smoke in. <laughs> and then, you know, it went to the point where you couldn't even smoke outside of bars in about a, in a 10 year period, like not even near the door. You had to leave the bar and go away to, to have a cigarette. And that's a that's a good thing, you know, and but like I think it shows how rapidly these things can change. Um, and about how important it is to, like I said, to get on that bus now before it get, before you get run over it by it later. And then uh, what does the average person need to know about carbon offset? Yeah. So carbon, part of the reason I started this was I felt like that we had made a lot of carbon accounting and carbon offsetting really inapproachable to the layperson. Um, that it was like only something that was built for like Fortune 500, like sustainability officers. And that was, it just didn't sit right with me. That was, that's why you built Acclimate. And so the first thing that you need to know about offsets is, is that they're not a substitute for actually doing the work on emissions reductions. Like the first thing that you need to do is, is do the accounting, figure out what your baseline is and start to identify the places where you can reduce your footprint. That's the way that you demonstrate like meaningful uh, improvement. And that's the, what your, uh, the people that are pressuring, creating the pressures for you to do this work, they're going to expect of you. The second thing about offsets is, is that um, generally, you probably want to buy from the big four registries, American Carbon Register, uh, American uh, Carbon Registry, Climate Action Reserve, uh, Gold Standard, or VERA, uh, sometimes known as VCS. And those have independent auditing processes. They have processes for, for example, if you buy from a forestry project, they make the forestry project overproduce. So in case there's a fire, there's a kind of reserve of additional offsets that are, you know, in the system and a just buying from those registries is uh, is generally a good thing. And then, uh, you know, think about like how, because a lot of the, a lot of the reasons that you buy offsets is, is to tie into kind of generally either part of your ethos or marketing and branding and think about who your audience is, right? And so if you're buying offsets for, you know, to, to help with like your employees, because um, if you're trying to, you know, retain, you know, talented young adults, they probably want something close close by or that has like a good social story. And so you should know who you're 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 going to. If you're uh doing it for like an environmental justice component, you might want to think about like, okay, what are the what are my priorities there? Part of our software actually helps to provide that. We have like a survey and we'll help you to kind of filter out which which projects make the most sense for you. 
And that's that's pretty much it. And then the last part I would say is, is just buy from somebody that you trust. Uh, one of the things we're proud about um, is, is having like a leading selection of offsets available. Uh, you're going to have a hard time finding uh, a greater selection of offset projects available anywhere on the web. Yeah. Um, and for businesses interested in um, purchasing uh, an offset, how do they know what they're purchasing isn't fake? That's part of the trust component. Uh, make if you're dealing with somebody that's reputable and that has connections to a registry and they should have integrated accounting, um, that will help you out a lot. You can't buy from the registries directly, um, generally, and so you have to go through some uh, some third party. Uh, trusted brand names are, is is the place to start. Um, so that's where you want to go. Last, you know, this is uh, you know these um, it's uh, quite interesting because um, especially. In terms of climate change, um, it seems bad right now, but how bad is it really and how bad can it get if governments don't do anything? So to get a little technical, so the, the UN uh, body that's in re uh, responsible for kind of collecting all the science and consolidating it is known as the IPCC. And they created these, uh, they called them RCP pathways, relative concentration pathways, based upon uh, a variety of factors, population growth, the ability of uh, us to decarbonize energy sources, um, industrial production, et cetera. In some of the worst scenarios, like an RCP 8.5 scenario, there are huge chunks of India that like physically become unlivable. Like there's something known as a, a um, too hot to live, like a 35 degree C wet bulb temperature, which is where the exterior temperature like it doesn't matter like how good you are sweating or sitting in the shade or having a fan or hydrated uh perspiration actually only warms you up the humidity the the, the dew points that high and so that's there's, there's some pretty catastrophic stuff when that happens you're starting to talk about like huge displacements of people both internally and then to move you know across borders you have like destabilization of national security like it, it gets catastrophic cataclysmic really is, is more the word thankfully uh in the last five to six years the world started to bend that curve um and that's that's really good rcp 8.5 is not the most likely scenario that's like a four to five degrees c warming scenario um the more likely scenario right now is about three degrees of warming mm -hmm. uh, three degrees of warming still has a lot of problems you're going to see a lot of environmental collapse you'll see like a, uh, for example like uh, most of europe's agricultural system right now wouldn't work um, they would have to like build out significant irrigation structures and things along those lines. Um, you'd have massive die off of fish in like the Black Sea. The Western United States becomes essentially uh, unfarmable. Um, and so you're going to have like huge shifts in like agricultural production. So that's a really bad scenario. Um, the goal uh, since the Paris Climate Accords has been that we want to target 1.5 C of total warming. And right now we're at 1.1. So we don't have a whole lot left. And they, the absolute they said the the worst case scenario is about two C, so we still have a lot to go. Three C is 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 way warmer than we can accept. Two C is really warmer than we should accept, and one and a half C is as bad as as good as we could absolutely hope for. Um, and so there's there's a lot of room there. One and a half C still has problems. Um, we're still going to start you know see some some real strain on a lot of different systems, but uh, but things will probably work out okay. Yeah. Another uh, another question that I get from the audience is, um, what is what is the term greenwashing and what, what does it mean? So it's an important question for your audience to, to ask themselves. Um, so greenwashing is the concept of 
uh, trying to display that you're uh, claiming sustainability when not really being sustainable. Um, you, you know, you brag about how uh, you're using renewable energy, but you're not really sourcing renewable energy. It just happens to be the utility company that's doing that anyways. Or, uh, you know, oh, we have a, a, you know, a recycling program that, you know, we participate in. But meanwhile, like sending a ton of waste to landfill, like there's a lot of things there. Um, and so it's important because this younger generation, the climate generation, completely intolerant of, of greenwashing. Mm. They have like, uh, they're very much in, they, they want uh, verifiability. They want to know that you're doing what you say you're doing. Mm-hmm. And we've built a little bit of that into our, our software, which is we actually have like, we provide you with your own sustainability page that you can share to show that you're doing this work. They want de- a demonstration of, of, of action. Um, and it's not just enough to make a claim. You've got to show. Mm-hmm. And um, the next question is, for example, greenwashing for when once a business becomes carbon neutral, what is the best way to market this to its stakeholders without appearing to be greenwashing? Yeah, that's a, you know, part of that, I think, starts with leadership, which is that a leadership actually talks, you know, makes a public statement about like what their values are and why they're doing this. Um, and it's one of those, you know, prove it scenarios. So. When we looked at the the system out there for companies that wanted like reduce their footprint and or and or buy offsets, um, it was very reliant upon them to make the claim and to, to back it up. Um, they had to like do their own accounting. You know, there were very few like you know public accounting structures available to them. And then if they did the accounting, then they had to go out and buy offsets. And then usually they'd have to write up like a press release or a blog post or something along those lines. And it was just really like cumbersome. Right. And if you're a small to medium sized business owner, you don't have time for all that stuff. Like you want to do the right thing and you, it should be easy. And so one of the things that we built in there was, is that we wanted to have it all integrated in one piece of software where you do the accounting, you can buy the offsets, you get a, a certification from our company that you can put on your website. It's a widget that ties back to ours. And it actually helps to demonstrate like where you've bought the offsets from, how long you've been doing it it demonstrates all of that stuff. And so with, you know, pretty quickly, you can, to, you can do that demonstration. You have that, that link that's you can place right on your website and anybody that has questions, they click on it and it shows, you know, what's your current accounting. Yeah. Um, obviously we have to be, you know, careful of, uh, of business confidentiality and a couple other, you know, important things around, you know, customer privacy, but there is, you know, some stuff that we can display very quickly and immediately and make the, make the claim real. Very fascinating discussion. I learned so much about, um, you know, this area and uh, it has so much because um, Elon Musk said, you know, one of the biggest crises that we face is um, climate change. And, you know, we start to see what's happening and um, the other is artificial intelligence. You know, we're starting to see that as well. So um, how can people um, follow you, contact you, ask you questions, visit your website, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as again, the name is Mike Smith. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can search my company on LinkedIn as well or on the web. Company's name is Acclimate, A-C-L-Y-M-A-T-E. Um, you can go to acclimate.com uh, and contact us there. So those are uh, some of the primary points for uh, for being able to kind of follow along with me. I do post to LinkedIn as well if you want to follow me as an individual. Yeah. Uh, you can email us at uh, hello at acclimate.com, H-E-L-L-O at acclimate.com. Um, and then, um, if you'd like to email me personally, it's just Mike at acclimate.com and I'd love to, to help you in any way I can. 
Yeah. And for all the listeners out there, uh, thank Mike for a fantastic discussion. All of his uh, resources will be in the links and show notes. Um, be sure to follow him on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, as well as his um, website, acclimate.com. And uh, with that, thanks so much. And it was a great discussion. Thanks for having me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. you are listening if you liked it be sure to like comment share subscribe we're on everywhere spotify itunes google amazon audible and without much ado be sure to thank this show's sponsors and we'll see you next week